Welcome to the Industry Insider, brought to you by Promo Corner. Each week, promotional product professionals, Meg Erber, Jeff Franklin, and Stephen McFadden, along with special guests, will discuss industry news, trends, and events with a focus on educating the promotional products industry. The Industry Insider, the nerdy news you need to know. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Hedware USA, and I'm joined today by only two other lovely folks. We've got a rose between two thorns today, boys and girls. Uh, but listen, uh, this this broadcast is being brought to you by none other than Promo Show, okay? Uh, look, it's only August, but now is the perfect time to start looking at ways to show your clients how they can show appreciation. Join Promo Show on Tuesday, August 29th from noon to 4 Eastern uh, to attend the Holiday Gift themed show. Distributors can register by clicking the Holiday Gift banner at promoshow.com and suppliers can reach out to sales at Promo Show if you'd like to get help reserving a booth. Um, there's going to be education, entertainment, giveaways throughout the day, so be sure to check out uh, check it out on August 29th from noon to 4 p.m. Eastern. Distributors go to promoshow.com, click on that Holiday Gift banner to, reg to register. Suppliers email sales at promocorner.com if you're interested in getting a booth. Promo Show, the entire industry virtually uh something's going on with meg not sure what that's all about um i had something like in my like in my peripheral like a i don't know it's gone now glitter i don't know it's just a, we, it's a really long eyebrow that's we're doing art projects trying <laughs> we're 12 so no it's summer obviously and i don't know who else has kids and works from home but it's been it's been tough trying to keep the little one occupied. Normally we're summer camps all year long, but um, this year we're doing a lot of traveling. So it's, it's tough. So, so yeah, I, um, we have like these workbooks and we're doing art time and then lunch and then play time. It's just, I think the key is to keep a schedule, especially with someone like Addie. Um, and she's been doing, I mean, we're on day three of the schedule and it's working really well. Like the behavior issues. Cause like, otherwise if we're like, all right, I don't know how long this is going to go. Here's your iPad or, okay, just watch some TV for a few minutes. And then seven hours later, she's watched 47 episodes of like some thing when they're just screaming. And then I ask her like, Hey, let's, let's get off. And then it's, and I'm like, I can't. So it's been a little hectic here, but the schedule seems to really be working. She's like, Oh, what's next? Day three. Ask me next week. <laughs> Kids need structure, man. Yeah, especially this one. She's my little my little squirrel. But how are you, Jeff? I'm doing all right, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, Good. you know, my uh, my wife and kids were gone pretty much all summer, and uh, this is a pre-recorded episode. But they come back next Friday, which would be the 11th. And uh, so by the time you're watching this episode, uh, my background will be full of kids running around and you know doing doing the whole thing. So uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, you know, I bet. I bet. The longest I've gone without seeing my kids up until this point has been, you know, seven days. Uh, yeah, like, this, this is like going on two months now, so it's, it's uh, quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stephen, how are you? Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the time this this airs, um, I will either be on a cruise boat or getting back from a cruise. Another one. Oh, well, I guess I had the 
you know. The yeah, you, you had promo crew before. You uh, know, we we, we got to remember Meg and I are we're, we're stained a little bit by promo FOMO there. Uh, so yes, True. I know you've quickly forgotten the promo crews already, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't forget. So this is the promo <laughs> crew. Um, but yeah, this will be a Disney one, first oh. Disney one we've ever been on. So. We're at, I've been on a lot of cruises. Never been on a Disney one. So. Weren't you guys just at Disney though? Like this is like Disney overload. I don't want to hear it. This will be my. Um, <laughs> so I was also in Disney California this year with with customers. So speaking of, we've decided as a family that we're going to try it one more time, and um, we're going to do it next year, next November time frame. And I'm going oh, to man. utilize your. Oh, I am. Oh, I am. Because I we think we saw six things last time on the whole time we were there because it was so bad and my anxiety took over so yes i've already established you. that you're planning our, our vacation matter of fact i've got, I've got a referral for you i'll give you off the air and, and they'll take care of it for you oh you're so sweet thank you but i want this i need i need it all because i'm special okay. <laughs> all right so steven yeah why is it why is it just the three of us this week oh because it's gonna be fire Fire is this fire? Is this, a, is this a spicy meatball today? I just want to know. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it will be. And so for, for those that don't know, we, we try to have a dynamic where we can disagree. And a lot of times, more of the recent episodes, we've actually all been kind of on the same page with a lot of things because they're, they're hot topics and they're things that are relevant. Uh, but every now and then we need to, you know, mix it up a little bit and uh, revisit some of our old roots and old topics. And today's Jeff is today. We're going to be talking about direct selling and whether or not it's a, a good thing or a bad thing. And is it black and white and are there gray areas and all that good stuff. So right. yeah, we didn't want to bring a special guest onto this episode because I you know, we, put we, them we, in we the wanna, awkward. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to burn any bridges uh, with anyone, yeah. but that's it's bound to happen with this episode anyways. It is. And I know we've discussed it once, but it's been over a year um, since we've even talked about it. Um, and this was brought on because I was I was perusing the interwebs and um, it seems to be a topic that was being brought up more and more in the promotional products professionals page. And it just I like how he, fast he says that. He's like promotional product for it's very <laughs> a lot in the picture. No, um, and you know, it, there's conversations that go like this. I just got a call from XYZ customer and they are getting it for this price and how are they getting it for this price? And so there's like that aspect of it. And then there's other sides of it where people are like, it's because they buy direct, you know, or it's like, it's because they, they, you know, this person sells to this or my customer called me and says they work directly with this company and it just goes on and on and people back and forth. So, and then somebody gets tagged. So can you, can you respond to this? Like, do you care to share the information on how this, you know, and so it goes on and on. And, you know, I, and I think there is some right to be frustrated in certain times. And I think even as a distributor, um, it's important to understand some of the things that have been put in place long before we've been in business and some of the, the channels of selling that, exists that we we consider direct that others can consider part of just everyday business that's been going on for years and years and years so um yeah that's why we went, i wanted to bring it back up and we can just kind of have an open conversation about it and <laughs> we're talking about disintermediation i love it let's let's do this 
I do. Uh, all right. So let's, well, let, let's start with this. Let's start with this. Is there is there forms of direct selling that exist in our industry from the suppliers to what we we as distributors consider our customers? And really, the second part of that question is: Are they really our customers, or really I, an opportunity to be our customers? So let's kind of start there in the surface level. So the answer is yes, I think. And whether, whether first of all, we're just putting stuff out there, whether we agree with it or not. Uh, I, I don't agree with any of it. I hate direct selling. I think there needs to be that, you know, the chain of command, if you will, or pipeline distribution where it needs to go from, you know, the manufacturer in China to a supplier in our industry to a distributor. And then, you know, the end user, which really isn't the end user, it's actually the end buyer. The buyer. The yeah. user. So, yeah. um, you know, I prefer our uh, pipeline distribution system. I don't like disintermediation. I don't like the Walmart and Amazon effect. Um, but there are certainly some suppliers that are selling to what a lot of distributors would consider an end user. Uh, one example of that that I've mentioned in the past is uh, to the college bookstore market or, or colleges in general. Um, and realistically, the, this is where it gets gray and why you can say that it's technically allowed without saying that you're a direct seller is the fact that they are reselling that product, you know, if it's to a bookstore. So to your point, is that ever really your customer to begin with? Um, so are you, are, are you saying the supplier is selling to the bookstore? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've gone to I've gone to Camex and this was like 10, 10 years ago. Um, you know, Camex is the big campus marketing expo and uh, it's I think kind of been taken over by the Tailgate Expo now, but um, essentially all these college bookstores and you know different college buyers would go to the show and that's where I mean it's basically our trade show but for the college market. And you'd be surprised at how many suppliers are like in our industry that are set up yeah. at that, booth, at, you know, that have a booth at that thing, you know? So we, we were, we were a supplier to bookstore account for a while. And when we, when we went in there, our approach um, was basically like, Hey, I know you have people that you can get this from directly. What are, where are the gaps? Like, cause I knew that I would just never be able to touch, you know, certain things. And they were like, Hey, this is how we mark stuff up. Walk around the, the place like flip over the the tumbler or whatever and if you see a price you know we're half off that's what our cost is if you can beat it let awesome maybe we can start there you know or we'd find little ways we can sneak in but they were very direct and actually i would say in some cases it's not just suppliers it's your mills that i have was to gonna go there that's where i was gonna I yeah. Look at le legacy hats. I know SNS carries legacy hats. Legacy has a big old booth at Camex. Yeah. I every time I go into a customer and every this is part of and, and I'm actually glad we're saying in the collegiate market space first because that's one of the things I wanted to address. It's not just the suppliers. It is our nope. mills exactly. And I that's yeah. one of the things I was going to talk about. I um, we've had a guest on our podcast from the collegiate market and he was talking about their trials and tribulations and everything like that. I was out there visiting those types of customers. I don't, so they're in the Penn State market. We'll just use that as an area because we're just talking about it. Um, I don't sell to Penn State. I sell to the customers who sell to Penn State. However, they will go direct to my mills to get a better price sure. or whatever. And that's very frustrating. That is extremely frustrating. It's, it's, it's frustrating from my point of view when they're my biggest competitor because 
uh, at the end of the day, the guys from Alpha, the guys from Samwar, we all sell pretty much the same thing, right? It comes down to relationship. But if I'm in that collegiate market selling to them and um, selling to my customer all day long, coming up with the ideas, coming up with, like, we've talked about that, you know, you know, doing the virtuals and then someone else taking the business. It's very similar. And then you go, all right, well, check out this brand new sweatshirt, you know, or whatever it is, or, oh, I'm just going to direct for that. Oh, okay. Well. How about this one? Oh no, I'm just going direct with that too. All right, well, what do you need me here for then? It's very right. frustrating. It's extremely frustrating, since, especially since you've been building that relationship over so many years. And then because the price is better, they're just going to go right to our mill. And I'm not saying by any means it was the, the guy that was on here, because it wasn't, but just, you know, they were in the same market. So yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating being on the side of it. And I guess it's not just the collegiate end of it. Um, I see it a lot in what we call retail space, I guess, because I don't know if they would be your customer, but there is retail accounts like boardwalk accounts. Um, and then there's some retail that go through the distributor. So I guess it could be a distributor or a supplier account. But then I'm selling to them. I've established this entire relationship over the last eight years during COVID. And, and let's say this, this has happened more since COVID has gone away. So during COVID, when all the supply chains were like pulled in, reined in, the mills were stopped, they stopped selling to the end users. I'm sorry, they stopped selling to the distributors because they were not paying the bills like at on time or maybe they couldn't pay the bills or whatever it was. It was the people who had the money and the, the people who had the money were the Sandmars, the SNSs, the Alpha Broders, right? So they were holding in their supply chain, selling to us, and letting us sell. Now they have an abundance of inventory. They have, now they need the cash flow. Now they're going back to those customers. So where I might've been up a hundred grand with one customer this year, I went to go get that order and guess what? The mill already reached out to them and gave them better pricing on the shirts that I could even give to them. Hey, a little, little data trivia here uh, sure. related to this. To break uh, up the how, angst. Yeah, two, two <laughs> weeks ago um, on our live, we talked about, or so I think maybe a week ago, how big was our industry? $25.8 billion. Something like that, okay. Do you know how much royalty sales were done in collegiate for sports apparel in mm -hmm. the sports bookstore area? Mm -hmm. $31.26 so I can tell you right now, um, there's obviously some form of direct relationship with some of these places because their entire market is larger than our entire industry. Yeah. So, I mean, not only that, but our, our industry is also reported. There isn't any actual like real hard evidence that those are the numbers. That's reported numbers. Sure. And our industry same, is probably larger yeah. than that. Very well could be. But I do think that there's some there's some validity to comparing yeah. you know, that 100%. and the overall royalty bearing sales in that in global licensing is 315.5 billion. So that's going to include product. That's going to include everything else that goes into it. And that's um, a 14 X of our industry uh, from what was reported. So that's, there's obviously going to be some, some form of direct, relationships between mills or factories or something going on in order for them yep. to, to bring those numbers in. So I do want to say real quick, Meg, before you jump yeah. in, uh, yeah. when I said that I was at Camex, first of all, Hidward does not go direct at all. And I was there actually with a distributor client that was exhibiting at the show. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it, the, the college market is definitely one of those ones. Are there any other, Stephen, that, that we need to discuss? Yeah. Um, and a lot of them fall into the retail category. Um, as Meg mentioned, golf, Pro stores, um, that's typically one where 
um, a lot of your name brand apparel places have direct sales reps for them. Um, so like Adidas, without, yeah, like without a, like you know, I don't want to call it anyone specifically, but you know, Cutter and Bucks, they have a relationship with them. Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, mm. you know, I'm going to forget some, but those are places. I'm sure, I'm sure Imperial probably does too, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure. And in most of those places though, if you ask, um, it's, it's harder when you work with a multi-line supplier because they don't necessarily have access or know all of the individual relationships of all their mills and all their factories. They can probably go get it if we needed it. But for example, when you do work with someone like Cutter, they'll tell you very upfront, like, here's the minimums we allow you to charge for stuff because we try to keep a fair marketplace. We do sell to book. We do sell to cop. So they're very upfront about that. I appreciate that. I think that's good to know because they're, they're telling you if you go out in the wild. Now, I think it would be more like that if we were working directly with Nike or Adidas or Under Armour, but because we buy from Alpha, SNS, Sanmar, where those brands are sold through another company to us, right? It's We're not getting that direct communication from Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, right? So um, so who, who where does that fall? I don't know. It, it may surprise some people when they go in and they've got a buddy who says, yeah, I have all this stuff on the shelf. I, oh, you sell that too? Great. Let me, you know, and this is where those conversations pop up. I went in, someone said that they offered this, but then they told me this is how much they were paying and I can't touch it because they're getting it direct. And it's like, is that, you know, I'm going to just use SNS for an example. Is that SNS selling direct? No. <laughs> is, is it Adidas selling direct? Probably. And that's because they've been doing it forever, you know? So it's like trying to understand the dynamics between, um, is that, is that really direct or is that just a sales channel that we as distributors don't really have that as a potential customer because they weren't ours to begin with. We're going into their space. If that makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. Uh, I totally get that. I think, I think it comes down to a lot of it comes down to relationships. You know, like I talk about this a ton of times, it's a relationship industry. We have to do relationship selling, but what happens when you have the relationship and it still happens. And that's, that's what I think what really starts to bother you. And, and I will give a perfect example. And again, these thoughts are my own. They're not SNSs and I hope I don't get fired over all of this, <laughs> but it's don't come up it. a it's lot. Well, no, no, I'm just, I'm not putting, saying names by any means, but I was at an event once and I was taking my customers around and um, we were talking to one of the mills and I don't know if the mill realized that I was the SNS rep or not, um, but they were talking to my customer about all the direct business that they do with said customer's competitor down the street. And I was like, I was so, uh, you know, and I just was like, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> This is a little awkward. So it definitely tarnished the relationship. I will say that. It definitely tarnished I'm, the relationship. I'm going to challenge one thing on the relationship side. Okay. But I've got a buddy who, let's just say, buys a bunch of stuff for their store or whatever. They get it for $10. My cost is $10. It doesn't matter what relationship I have with that guy. Right. I mean, like if, if he can buy it for what I have to buy it from, we're the same. Like it, it really doesn't matter if we're 
blood related. Like he can't just take, you know, quadruple the hit by the time it goes to retail because his $10, a $20 sell, my 10 is his 20 is his 40 retail, you know? So it's, it's a four X on his cost. If, if he has to do it, you know, without, you know, going direct. So yeah, I get it. If it's yeah. close, I, I get it, you know, obviously, but there are some circumstances where, you know, we would, we, you know, specifically in the college market, I don't want to hype too much on that because we're kind of beat it. Um, there's just stuff we couldn't touch, you know, like it's, they're getting $4, some printed shirts for game day stuff. Okay. You know, like, uh, all right. Like I'm great. That's a great deal. Great for the university. All right. Next product. Like I can't get upset about that stuff because yeah, I can't touch it, you know? Um, I want to make sure that you guys have equal opportunity uh, to offend me as well. So now that uh, you've taken up 21 minutes of the podcast, all right, yeah, we get nine minutes. minutes to beat up the distributors. Let's go, Meg. It was gonna be a 25 minute episode, so, so you got about three minutes. <laughs> I will say um, when, so I, I am a big advocate too for with of writing with some of my vendors because um, I have great relationships with them and it helps me learn their brand more. Um, but I think it's all about transparency. A lot of the mills have have to grow these accounts, meaning the distributors, through um, their distribution channels, whether it be Alpha or SNS or Sandmore. So then, you know, I think at that point, if they're just an extension of us and we're being transparent about it and it's and it's known, hey, they're not going to sell direct to those customers. I think that's a really good way to, to grow the relationship overall because then I could take my my. I feel like there's something going on here. Just <laughs> waiting on his turn to pounce, oh, and we right. give it to him. Oh, I thought you said go, Meg. So I thought, hey, I'll just talk I, I some did. more. I'll, I I'll did. I'm just, you know, I'm, you know, space. Go, go. I'm, I'm ramping up. You know, I'm, I'm getting Figure. angsty. You're getting hyped. Go. Yeah. <laughs> that is all. Now, before we launch into the distributors going direct as well, I will say when I was a distributor and I worked with BJ at Blue Chip, uh, I remember doing a, a project for custom bandanas through uh, or for, for Brett Michaels. Uh, you guys know who Brett Michaels is, right? Mm-hmm. So we were gonna. I was I was working on this project, and it was like five thousand bandanas or something. I mean, it was a decent order or ten thousand. There was some crazy number. I don't I don't remember, but uh, I was actually working with Carolina Bandanas to do this project. And then next thing I know, Carolina Bandanas ended up going direct to that person because I guess they have like a whole separate side of the business that's not a promotional product supplier and somehow they ended up getting that order. So, yeah. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to take up any more of your time, <laughs> but there is this whole myth that a lot of people like to think is, is, is hard law. People can sell and buy from whoever they want to sell and buy from. I mean, they, yes, mm-hmm. it's nice if you have a ASI and PPI license, but there is really nothing like that holds you to that other than court of public opinion, you know, um, it, yes, it works nicely, but if, you know, there's agency models, right. And those agencies, um, some of those buy direct from those and they don't have ASI and license numbers, but they represent celebrities and things like that, like you're talking about. Mm. So, um, all right. Sorry, Jeff. No. Oh, good. I just wanted to, to, to bring that to light because it, it definitely does happen. And, and it's frustrating mm-hmm. as a distributor, especially, you know, when you are a smaller distributor and you're kind of uh, banking and relying on that for for your commissions check that month or whatever it might be. I mean, look, things it, it sucks when it happens. Um, so I know why we're discussing it, uh, you know, 15 years later. Um, 
But Which is, I think at the end of the day, I think everyone should know that it affects the people, the salespeople, that they're not getting that order, whether it's distributor, supplier, even though maybe a couple hundred dollars here or there didn't matter to the person that was moving the business. It definitely mattered to the person that was was trying to get the business. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut For you off. Sure. That, but yep. I to add that. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's not just on this end of that pipeline distribution. It's also on on the other end of it. You know, there are plenty of distributors uh, that are that are going direct to you know whether it's agents or uh, direct to manufacturers themselves, factories in China or wherever. Um, and it's also doesn't stop there. You've also got end users that are going direct to China and things like that, cutting all of us out of the equation. Um, so it's kind of just a, a really crappy situation. I like pipeline distribution. I like the Me fact too. that there are those people that, that, you know, sort of get to touch each part of it. But, you know, like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's free enterprise and you're, you're free to, to do whatever you want to do. But, you know, it's always a good Good practice, in my opinion, not to bite the hand that feeds. And, you know, when you need favors uh, from certain folks and you're doing uh, doing sort of shady stuff on the back end uh, or what would be considered or deemed shady, you know, you might not get that help. You might not get that favor. So let me let me ask, um, you know, I know we touched on gray areas and obviously I think we spent a little bit of time talking about supplier gray areas with some of the you know, pre-existing uh, contracts and existing channels and sales markets. Um, I think distributors have a gray area as well too. Like if I go to a, a show, ASI or PPI show, and I meet someone at that show, I think our assumption is those are suppliers. You know, like we, you know, we we assume it's a supplier exhibit, right? Everyone I talk and meet with is going to be registered. Yeah. Supplier. Yeah. So you know, we then go start working with some of them and you realize that they are registered as suppliers, but to Jeff's point, they are agents. You know, they're, they've got some offices here, maybe in the East or West coast. Right. And they are working directly with the factory. Um, how different is that from working with the overseas department at a multi-line product company that has an office here and works directly with the factory to import me product? You know, it's like, what, those all seem the same to me. Like personally, I, I don't see any difference of working with PCNAs worldwide or hits overseas versus, you know, uh, an overseas company that I met that has office here is working with the factory overseas too. So it, are those, is that different in your opinion or is that, is it more or less, that's less of an issue than me seeking out people directly in China as opposed to, where do you see that as the gray area? Or I don't, that's a gray area for sure, because at the same time, our mills are there too, you know? So I, I can totally see how that's a gray area. I will say who does that very well is Sierra Pacific Burnside. Um, they actually just won, I feel like family entrepreneurial award of the year, something along that family business of the through ASI uh, a couple weeks ago. And Michelle Bell actually called me when they were going when they were going through this, and she was like, "I just don't see a lot of um, transactions through ESP." And I'm like, "I said, I'm going to tell you why." I said, "They're at every trade show, they're at every trade show, but they act as an extension of us. They're not going to th go then and take that business and then run with it. They're literally selling on behalf of their distributor channels, and then they feed those those leads back. And then that is a really good partner. So the fact that they won that award, they are really good people just in general. I love them. I love my rep. I love um, everyone that I've worked with over there. And it just it speaks volumes that just the things that she said and how it equaled up to the, you know the end result. But but yeah, so there's there's definitely ways to do it. 
But I can see where that confusion would be if they're at the sale, if they're at a trade show showing all their products, why wouldn't you be able to sell to them? So I think that that is a gray area and it is up to the mill or the people, you know, the, they have the, the right business practices and, and to pass along the leads that are meant to be passed along. Or, you know, if you're going to get that order, if you are the mill and you're going to get that order regardless, let let the SNSs and the Sandmores and the Headwear USAs of the world, let them be your sales rep and be an extension of them. You can still grow the business. You can probably grow it better. Like I, I think of it that way. Like I reach your end buyers through the distributors. They are an extension of me. I'm an extension of them. I work to help them grow their accounts. You know, I might go on end user calls. I am definitely not calling those guys up afterward and saying, hey, listen, I can definitely get that to you for like 10% cheaper. Because like at the end of the day, A, I don't have the time. B, I don't want that business. C, I, I value and respect the relationships that I have with my distributor customers. As a matter of fact, I feel like I'm very good friends or, or family with, with all of them, you know? So that's my last two cents on it and I'll stop talking yeah, I was say, Jeff, I feel like you'd have a good opinion on this this particular section. Um, what do you what do you think as far as those gray areas? I mean, I don't think there's anything that you can do about it at this point. Like it, it's going to happen, and it's just a matter of how quickly you know the gray areas you know take over all the black and white areas. Um, I don't so know, man. Let me ask. This going to be more specific too. So, like. Headwear USA, for example, if I want to do an overseas hat project, right, it's not being done here. You're working directly with your factory there. Is that, in your opinion, any different than me working with a, a group that's here at the show that I met that's showing me products that they can make in their factory overseas? Like, no, I think if you're if you're working with a, like an agent or something like that that it exhibited at a show, then I think that falls, you know, the onus of that falls on a PPAI or an ASI who allows them to exhibit and 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 where they draw the line of, you know, what qualifies as a supplier versus a manufacturer. You know, okay. I mean, is an agent the same as a as a as a supplier? I mean, because they're not the ones that are directly manufacturing it; they're kind of going to factories themselves. I mean, you know, and they're taking a very small cut of it. Um, they're almost kind of are the same thing, um, to some degree. So, I mean, there's, you know, I, I don't, I don't fall, I don't, I don't fault anybody for, for doing that. I don't think that's necessarily on them. Cause you're right. If you as a distributor go to a trade show and they're exhibiting, you know, then obviously they were able to get in somehow under some, yeah. Yeah. I think we, you know, what is wrong when it's wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like, if I, if I had to call around and find myself talking at different times of the day to speak directly with the factory that has no representation or no license or no, you know, ASI or PPI numbers. Like, okay, well, clearly you're you're trying to skirt the system in that way, as opposed to if you found someone through a search engine or you found someone at a trade show or, or whatnot. So I feel like you got to kind of look at those agents similar to like a multi-line rep almost in that, in that sense, because true. they, you know, perhaps they're just working for multiple factories and they're only selling those, particular factories products, you know, so maybe it is kind of like a direct relationship with a factory, but you know, they're repping multiple factories and therefore showing different products. And because they're on selling, it's their technically supplier. I mean, I guess not to get too nuanced, but it's like, all right, well then what makes something not that? So does it have to have domestic production? You know, do, do you have to have domestic, um, a domestic component in order for you not to be considered, you Going. know, direct, 
direct by you know what i mean like is it do you have to have some sort of presence or nexus I think, or, you know it's it's hard it's hard to find like what that specific would be so i i think it it really has to do is if you can if you have a direct channel to get something and then you skip that to get you know skip that relationship you, and skip that then you, yeah you're you know either you're way either way it's not a direct channel no, you're but you know you're channel. doing something though. Yeah. You see what I'm saying though, right? Like yeah. if you said if I have a direct channel and then I skip it to go direct, well then I, it I wasn't mean, direct to begin with. You know um, what I mean? I'm, but yeah, <laughs> I'm actually since this this is a pre-recorded yeah. episode, we're not having the, the the comments jump up on the screen. But I'm really interested, I, and I'm sure we definitely missed. There's only so much we could fit into this 30 minute yeah. thing. But I would love to hear people's opinions. We don't need to rag anybody or trash anybody, but I would love to hear if that something did happen to you guys that you're passionate about. We'd love to hear it. You don't need to. You know, we don't need to kill anybody's name, but, um, but yeah, I'd love to yeah. hear some stories. Post them in the comments below for sure. We don't want to turn the comment section to a hate. Uh, a hate yeah, uh, we don't want that. But video, so we'd really like to share, you know, maybe tips and tricks for not for maybe being able to avoid it. I don't even know if there is a way, you know. Yeah, but I, I think the whole the whole purpose was to share education on it, too, because I, I don't think a lot of people understand that there are a lot of great there areas. Are deals done by. Yeah government agencies, sports industries, direct retail sellers that have contracts and bids and relationships with our suppliers or there are suppliers mills or things that have been going on for for decades, right? In some cases that those customers were never yours. You may have been, done some small orders at their front doors, but you will never touch that big order in the back. You may in some cases, but chances are when it gets above a certain point, you're going to end up finding yourself directly bidding. And now you're like, oh, they direct sell. You've mm -hmm. ruined my life. And it's like, in some cases, yeah, that stinks. Like you work really hard to get that to that bid process and you're finally there and you realize that the door shut on you and that's frustrating. But, you know, if you dig deep and talk to some of your suppliers and things, you'll understand that there's things out there in our industry that are kind of, behind closed doors and spooky and scary, but they exist, but they also exist on our side, you know, where yeah. people are direct buying from factories and directly from China and different countries. So um, obviously we want people to work with the channels that are there. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think during COVID there was a lot of, there was a higher volume of, I'll call it fraudulent because it's just, it, you know, maybe end users signing up for, it's easier and harder, I guess, to, how do I even say this? So like, uh, you know, through ASI, right? You have to get your ASI uh, membership. But when you're in apparel, you're a screen, you can be a screen printer or a decorator and you don't necessarily need an ASI membership. So you're signing up for an account. You just have to prove that you're a reseller of, of decorated goods. It's a lot easier to get past those filters. And it was, but I think since then, across the board everywhere has been able to like figure that out track that down and cut it off so like i said everyone everyone's human people make mistakes people rectify them but i think you know at the end of the day it's the relationship industry you just gotta lean on those and and sometimes you're you're not gonna you're not gonna win every order yeah hey, we didn't we didn't kill each other today yeah Bus hey, look, business is business you know when you're when you're trying to win uh when you're trying to win business and you know you've got to hit a certain number like i don't think anybody can fault anybody you know for for going out and trying to to go win that business especially if it's you know between you doing it and then that person going direct themselves um you know if you're working with you know we'll just say like a budweiser or something like that like if you're doing mm -hmm. business with budweiser like they go direct as well so mm -hmm. um 
yeah, it's just it it's it kind of is what it is. Nobody nobody can really fault you. It's kind of gross, but you know, I certainly understand why it's there. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Well, thank you, Jeff and Stephen, for being guests on the podcast today. It was a pleasure. <laughs> and there's Brian. Brian, that was that was two words put together. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know which words they were. She's really good, Jeff. Proud and uh, something else. I don't. All right. Anyway, you do fine. This more often, Meg. Fine broadcast. That was Brian. Yeah, Brian. Good. Brian is fine bro broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love I it because you can't you can't give me crap anymore for the for the tongue twisters and, and yeah. all that because you know you didn't say Brian you do it when you're not even reading something <laughs> <laughs> no Meg that's what you do to a turkey yeah <laughs> all right <clears throat> well look again it might only be August but it's the perfect time to start looking at ways to show your clients how you can show appreciation join promo show on Tuesday August 29th from noon to 4 p.m. Eastern to attend the holiday gift theme show. Distributors can register by clicking on the holiday gift banner at promoshow.com and suppliers can reach out to sales at promo show if they need help reserving a booth. Uh, there's going to be education, entertainment, and giveaways throughout the day, so be sure to check it out on August 29th from noon to 4 p.m. Eastern. Distributors, go to promoshow.com. Click on the holiday gift banner to register. Suppliers, email sales at promocorner.com. If you're interested in getting a booth, promoshow.com, the entire industry virtually. Um, look, I still love both of you guys. It's great. You know, We did it. We can have these conversations and and you know still still be good. My hand is so much bigger than yours, Meg. Look at this. I get close. I can't do it. All right. We need to cut this thing off. All right. See you guys. All right, guys. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.